Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Moneyline Madness podcast. I am Matt Sherico alongside my co-host, Andy B. Andy, how we doing this morning? Very special episode this morning. Oh, it's we'll an incredibly... get into it just inc- yet, but... Incredibly uh, special. Yeah. Uh, beautiful day outside. I mean, it's starting to feel like fall. That's got to be good. Watch some football yesterday. That was good. That uh, was great, yep. The Mets game was pretty fun. I, I honestly had a pretty pretty good day yesterday. I, I had know a pretty about you. good day. I, I had a pretty good day as well. Um, honestly, I can't... I can't lie to you. A lot of people are probably preying on the downfall of my day. But you know what? We're still here and we're even more important. We are back. Moneyline Madness, episode number 69. Nice. 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 That's beautiful. That is art right Glad we got that in there. Um, Yeah, yeah, Moneyline Madness, episode 69. Um, I I mean, we're going to talk, you know, the basics, which are MLB betting and, uh, you know, about college football. But the elephant in the room, whether I like to talk about it or not, which honestly at this point I do because I got some shit to say. (laughs) It is the Donovan Mitchell news. And for those of you who don't know, Donovan Mitchell yesterday was acquired by the Cleveland Cavaliers, um, not the New York Knicks. Oh, they're not the New York Knicks. No, oh. no, oh, he okay. was not. Um, he was not acquired essentially by the team of my fandom from New York. Um, so what do I have to say about that? I'm sure people are probably like, hey, you know, like clowning the Knicks. I mean, obviously people are clowning the Knicks, but. There needs to be some context given because a lot of these people clowning the Knicks, truthfully, don't know ball. They don't. It's just it's just the flat truth. Because if you think, you know, if you read into the details and you still think that the Knicks should have made that deal, I just don't know what to tell you, truthfully. Like, it's, get, it's running out of things to tell those sorts of people. If you read all the details, because we're finding out more and more, you know, by the hour, essentially... The Knicks had an offer on the table to Utah, right? Is is that not what uh, you know Woj put out yesterday? The Knicks had a ta- uh, an offer on the table to Utah, and they declined it. Yeah, I- I've gotten a few different like conflicting reports on who was exactly on the table, but yeah, I, I think if one specific name was on there, that that it shouldn't have been done, and I'm glad that it wasn't done, but. I don't know exactly who it was that was offered. I don't know if you could pull up the correct tweet. I have no idea who it was that said it. I know at first it was Shams, then it was Woj, then it was probably Chris Haynes. Like, everybody had a different story, and that's usually how these things go. What caught me off guard was, I don't think we had said a single word about Cleveland. You know, I think we had heard of Charlotte, Washington, you know, these outside teams that we didn't think had a chance. And then, lo and behold, Cleveland comes out of nowhere, and that's happened before, so... It has. So it's not necessarily shocking, but I mean, the, Danny Ainge had the Knicks basically pinned against a wall and somehow, some way, like I, I can understand being upset with the Knicks on in terms of did Leon Rose handle this exactly how he should have? Probably not. No. It's probably not in the best manner, but at the same time, the asking price that we're hearing from Utah was so exponential that just I, I wasn't, 
you know, willing to pay that. It just, it, that's what it's coming down to. What's going on, Double R? Hope you're having a good morning. You know, we're up and at it right now, uh, <laughs> attacking the day. Yeah. Um, but basically what it came out was that the Utah Jazz wanted not only R.J. Barrett, not only Emmanuel Quigley, they wanted one more of Obi Toppin or Quentin Grimes. They wanted three first-rounders unprotected on top of that, and then two second-rounders. That's well, they just, wanted pick swaps, too. Uh, yeah, the pick swaps be coming in those that one late first-rounder. It just doesn't, yeah. it doesn't make sense to me to jeopardize your future entirely for a guy like Donovan Mitchell, who is uh, not a top 10 player in the NBA. I understand him being a three-time All-Star. I understand he averages 30 points per game in the playoffs, but Donovan Mitchell by himself is not winning you a championship. If you sell all of your assets to the point where the only guy left in that young core is one of Toppin or Grimes, that's that's it? You, where's your next step from there? Yeah, yeah. Uh, something that I think caught me off guard, I would say, with the Cleveland thing is, is you look at the deal that's proposed to have been offered to the Knicks, and it included R.J. Barrett, it included Obi Toppin, right? Mitchell Robinson, I think, was brought up in one of them. They got nowhere near that from Cleveland. So clearly Danny Ainge just wanted the most from New York because he's traded with Kobe Altman before. I don't know if you remember. Obviously, I think everybody remembers the Kyrie deal. That was those two. I mean, that was Danny Ainge and Kobe Altman. So that's kind of just been the... They've they've done it before, so they were easily to work together. Clearly, Danny Ainge wanted more from the Knicks because, hey, they're the Knicks. And That New York he, tax hit crazy. New York tax. But that New York tax was more than taxes in California. I mean, that it was, was... It was absurd. Clearly, it, clearly was absurd. it was absurd. Because they didn't get... And I told I texted you yesterday. I love Colin Sexton. Colin Sexton, probably better than most of the assets on the Knicks, other than R.J. Barrett and Mitchell Robinson, I would say. I think, obviously, Julius Randle's a better player, per yeah, se. But sure. that's different. But Colin Sexton was an unpaid player and still kind of underpaid. I thought he was going to get near $90 million. He only got 72 Not only got, but whatever. Um, so, really, I think the New York tax kind of got me on it. I was like, wow, that's a very wide gap in between what it they was got and what they asked list. for. So, And Double R says, can he be top 10 in the next three years? Oh, for sure. Can he be in a top 10 player? Sure. Can I? Do I think that he could win you a championship without any other pieces or big acquisitions needed if you are the Knicks no I, I I don't I just don't I don't think a backcourt of Jalen Brunson and Donovan Mitchell with no other move in your back pocket gets it done those are two undersized guards who aren't really going to be able to defend at all sure they could give you 25 points a game each but they can't defend when it comes down to the elite backcourts of the Eastern Conference Jalen Brown Marcus Smart you know, Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, those guys are not going to stop them. They can, even with Cleveland. Cleveland's going to be a good squad, and they're lucky that they have defensive anchors like Mobley and Jared well, Allen behind two guards like that to at least get some of the pressure off. But still, defensively, who is Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland stopping? Like, let's be honest here. They're not going to no, stop wrong. Drew Holiday. They're, they're not going to defend much at all. I mean, Jalen Brown probably drops 30 on that team very easily from the guard position. So, yeah, I, I'm with you. A lot of people have said, what does this do for Cleveland? Does this make Cleveland a Eastern Conference contender? I don't think it does. I think it makes them one of the top four teams very easily. Maybe even three. I 
kind of been going back and forth whether they're as good as Philly. I still think Philly's better just because Joel and they're experienced. The too. Better, yeah. So that that kind of that was the first thought to me. What does it do for Cleveland? It doesn't put them against over Boston, Milwaukee, or Philly. I guess so. No. I, really, it makes them the fourth best team. And, and a lot of people would you rather be the fourth best team? And, and probably not have a shot at the title, but maybe get to the Eastern Conference Finals or be a team that has a clear future that they can that they can kind of rebuild on. That's what Utah went with. And Utah's got to lose for a long time, but and now, I think they'll I, come out of this pretty well. I, I understand the, the point that double R, like that you're making, that he was the guy that was going to attract other stars. But That's how true. are you going to acquire those other stars if your only asset left is Obi Toppin himself? Or well, yes. Gr- like one of those two. Because Danny Ainge was not giving him up for anything yeah. less than that package we had mentioned. And that is literally all of your assets. Would I have given that up for Kevin Durant three years ago? You're Hell goddamn yeah. right I would have. <laughs> sure, any day of the week. Like, you could take that, you know, record-breaking, you know, deal. But for Donovan Mitchell, a guy that's only giving you one side of the ball, really, and... Like, I, I respect Donovan Mitchell, and I wanted him on the Knicks for sure, but that is for the right price. And even including R.J. Barrett in that deal, I was hesitant to do. Yeah. I was always hesitant. I always thought it was going to be quickly topping four first-rounders, you know? And, and I still think that that competes with what That's kind of what Cleveland gave. I mean, Cleveland definitely gave the better player of all those guys, right? Sexton's, other than R.J. Barrett, obviously. Sexton's a pretty pretty good player, but, I mean, Laurie Markinen's overpaid. Could the Knicks have compensated with that with draft picks? Sure. I don't know. But well, no. they didn't want that. They probably Clearly had, not. you know, that was probably mentioned, but they were like, no, RJ, no, quick yeah. Grimes. Well, they, well, look, that's the way Danny Ainge played it. He he didn't get nearly what he probably could have gotten. But that listen, that's Danny Ainge for you. He, he has done that in the past. He's big on draft picks and uh, blowing up teams and he doesn't oh, get to the promised land for a reason now so yeah and meanwhile i got meanwhile i got ed telling me that the knicks front office is you that know, they're, I they're not going to see success until yeah. that front office is gone and i'm sitting here like ed you wanted to win 37 games and like lose in the second mm-hmm. round for the next four years is that what you wanted yeah. to do I wanted because to address could, that, do that that side of Knicks fans. I'll, I, I've watched a really good front office the past year with the Celtics, and and it, it takes a lot to be a good GM, but it also takes knowing what not to do, right? And this was a situation where I think the Knicks knew they can't make a deal just because they need to make a deal. This was not a situation. That, like if, if that's how the Celtics were run, Jalen Brown would be in Brooklyn right now, right? And how many people would be clowning them for that, right? Absolutely. So the same thing for the Knicks. If the Knicks have traded away RJ Barrett, Mitchell Robinson, who they just extended, like two guys they just extended, you trade them? Really? That would be smart, yep. really. Good idea. And why Why would – once that extension was made – that made me made it pretty clear, I guess, well, that this deal is not happening because R.J. Barrett's not getting traded, and they're not doing the deal without R.J. Barrett. So, yeah. But it's about being a GM is more knowing what not to do than knowing what to do sometimes. Yeah. So, no, literally. And I actually used the Celtics as an example because he said to me, I, I, he wanted, I said to him, you're winning with a core of Brunson, Mitchell, and Randall. Like, is that really what no, you think not. is going to win you a but championship? Because that's be, not happening. Be honest. Were you winning if you got Donovan Mitchell? Do you clear the Celtics? Do you clear the the, uh, the Sixers? Do you even clear Milwaukee? Like, nope. I, I'm no. not even sure they clear. Not without another move like, in your pocket. 
no absolutely not and that uh, that's what i said and so he's like so what do you expect now you're like we suck right now losing i was like okay yeah. sure but you have assets to make a move you have young core developing like i don't understand what these knicks fans want that just expect a a win now season out of kids that are 22 years they, old. they got excited that there was a 20 what is he 24 25 25 year old or whatever that was asking away from his team what's going and on they love I mean. when that happens and Hey, that could happen again very soon. Every offseason, somebody asks to be I'm not traded. I'm that the Knicks stuck to their guns. They stood up for themselves. That's a fact. They that's did, a fact. and that was impressive. And, and it's tough to do when you're a losing team. That's that's only been to the playoffs one time in, what, a decade? So, I mean, that's mm. that's tough to do. But, yeah, yeah, they're going to take heat for it. But I think yeah, they made the, the right decision catch not heat, to do But, it. like, truthfully, Honestly, was there think... anybody – two weeks ago, was there anybody else even in the picture for the Donovan Mitchell trade? No, Probably I think that's not. why people laugh at the Knicks for it because it was kind of theirs to lose. But they they only lost it because, I mean, they didn't want to blow up their team, and Cleveland didn't have to. Cleveland still, no matter what, had a good deal. If they had traded Garland instead of Sexton, they still would have had a good team. A good, good team here. They've yeah. got great, great uh, bigs. They've got everything you want in a team, so – uh, they, I couldn't believe the deal was made without Isaac Okoro. That made my yeah, head. That's what I thought off. too. Like, I was like, like one of their young pieces. That's your, Save that's somebody. That's, uh, maybe RJ Barrett's better than him, but he's probably their version of RJ Barrett. That I was a little surprised yep. didn't get dealt. I was like, what the hell? Yeah. And the question as a free agent: Do you go to a team that is a second round of the playoffs or a team that is constantly missing the playoffs? That's true. I mean, sure. it depends. It depends on the money. I mean, I if mean, you're getting a max like, deal. So this is this is playing devil's advocate with basically, you know, to that point of like, do we overpay for Donovan Mitchell in every aspect? So like, who are the Knicks paying if they do trade for Donovan Mitchell? Well, the, the hope was they were getting Julius Randle's contract off the books at some point. I don't know. At how they some point, do that. that's not that wouldn't that have doesn't happened, look like, realistic seeing right now, now because you would have had to tie assets to him in order to do that. You trade for Donovan Mitchell, your only asset left is Obi Toppin or Quentin Grimes. One yeah. of those two. You they would have had to use those picks to get rid of Julius Randle, which which probably they're still going to have to do. But now it makes it a little bit easier because they don't have they have still that whole treasure chest of picks. Yeah, I, it's it's such an odd situation because like this this. Uh, comment says the the Knicks fans had kind of made it a, a given that he was going to be here which is always tough because that that sets yourself up for a lot of heat and that's that's kind of why I'm very hesitant to say say things like uh the Mets are going to win the World Series or this is going to happen or this is going to happen because you're going to take heat if it doesn't happen and that's kind of what Knicks fans are going through right now because yeah I mean even you're guilty of it I'm guilty of it we had said uh this is a given this is happening so it's, it's, it's it happening. was pretty and, much it was pretty much a lock and like it was, there was, it was no closest thing to a lock no, as anything. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was the the we had mentioned that the last time we had seen anybody kind of hinting their way somewhere, besides the James Harden thing, was like Jimmy Butler to Miami when he was literally everybody knew that he was leaving Philly and that he was heading down. Yeah, there was the nobody East. else he was gonna. Yeah, there was no other option, and it looked for a while that there was no other option, and that nobody else had the assets to trade for, which still. Nobody had the assets that the Knicks do, but Danny Ainge decided to take less because of the New York tax. Yeah, I, I think that's like that's just a fact. The Knicks I, had a had a better deal in their pocket. They just didn't want to accept it because it was he didn't want him in New York. That's just how it. That's just flat. What that's out to probably. Him. I mean, there's two there's two teams that uh, Danny Ainge will probably never trade with, and it's the Knicks and the Heat. 
So yeah, and he's never yeah, traded he, with him for a reason. So. Exactly, and he literally like cut the heat out of all of those trade talks. Well, instantly. that's that's different. I mean, Pat Riley and him have had years of this. We want like when he was the GM of the Celtics, he offered like four first round picks. A but bunch now of all of a sudden, that Tyler Hero deal Winslow. isn't looking too bad in comparison right. to. I want to like the Cavs. I want to be clear. Like Tyler Hero would have been. I said this would have been the best asset traded if RJ Barrett wasn't traded. I thought Tyler Hero would be a great asset to trade for Donovan Mitchell. He's young. He's gonna be a pretty good playmaker. He'll be a pretty. I think he'll be a number two on a good uh, on a. He could be a number two on a championship team in three years. Like I believe that. I'm, I seem to be the only one, but I, I don't understand. Like I get it. They don't like each other. Pat Riley and Danny Danny hate each other for years, and it it hindered the Celtics on a few things for years because we had. They had guys that we needed to go win championships and, and we wouldn't go with it. Yeah. And like get over it. Like he, like yeah. honestly, it was a get and, over it. Cause this this screwed yeah. over the Heat too. Cause I thought the Heat had the best deal possible. Just trade away all your picks because they don't care about them. They never have tra- cared about draft picks. And trade Tyler Hero and probably what is it? What is its name? Fucking Max Struess. Like a bunch of those guys. And you have your deal. Like that's what they got anyway. But from Cleveland, so I guess he's happy. He's happy that Cleveland got him and not anybody he hated, which, hey, if that's how you want to run your team, that's how he ran the Celtics, and it ran us into the ground for a while, so. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure this is I mean that says, I thought that the whole nobody is better assets thing has always been false. What makes the Knicks assets so much better? Obi stinks, Randall isn't good, and y'all really ha- all y'all really have is RJ and Quickly, and that isn't good enough for a lot of teams. For a well, lot of teams, oh, but the team that got traded, he got traded to it was like that's and the nobody's point. nobody's calling Randall an asset, and Obi Toppin also doesn't stink. He's considered an asset in this case because he was one of those players that was on the brink, and mm-hmm. also Quentin Grimes was the holdup all summer, so he is also an asset. I still, in there. I still don't like that Quentin Grimes was the. Jerry the West up, to came to Leon Rose and said that he thought Quentin Grimes will be better than R.J. Barrett. He said that a few days ago. All right, what the hell does Jerry so, West know about basketball? He doesn't watch. I mean, it right he, now. that's not. I don't agree that like, he'll be better than him, but he's a prospect. The guy was the summer league MVP and averaged twenty six points per game. He's an uh, asset. I, I like, Emmanuel quickly is an asset. The twelve first round picks in the next seven years; those are assets. The Knicks have assets. Why give up all of those for a guy that's not putting you over the top? It's well, we've not, we've kind of seen that. I guess Quentin Grimes wasn't the holdup because honestly, I I don't think you could go to your fan base and say, "Hey, we didn't make this deal because we didn't want to trade Quentin Grimes." I would be very mad. They play the same position card, and honestly, Donovan Mitchell would have blocked a lot of playing time for the guards anyway, so it wouldn't have made sense. But clearly, Quentin Grimes was not the holdup because. He would be. I think he'd be a Nick right now if if Quentin Grimes was a holdup because I don't think it could be a holdup. So you think that if they would have, I, I think it all came down to. You the, think that they would have given Grimes in the deal of RJ quickly? No, Grimes, that's the thing. I don't think RJ would. No, I don't think RJ was ever getting traded, and that's why he's not. That's why Donovan Mitchell's a Cavalier right now because I think if if the Knicks were willing to give up RJ Barrett, I think everybody would have clowned him for it because it would have just been creating the exact same situation they're in right now. They would have a great player and nobody else really. That nobody else of significance that's going to bring you to the playoffs. Like, it would have just been Donovan Mitchell with all of these guys instead of R.J. Barrett with all of these guys. So I really don't yeah, think it been if disgusting. you're trading R.J. Barrett, it doesn't make sense for you anymore. So that's why they didn't do it. Like and I the don't Knicks think don't play the rookies enough to show off the assets. That's that's exactly. that's so true. And they're exactly. like the so only imagine team if they that played. does that. 
everybody yeah. like like Danny Ainge, Jerry West, they know that Quentin Grimes is an asset. They know Emmanuel Quickly and Obi Toppin are both assets. I mean, imagine if these guys got 25 to 27 minutes per game. Yeah, I don't know who the next guy that's available is going to be. It's always like we always say Damian Lillard. He's never getting traded. He's getting I don't want Damian Lillard. Like, he's old now. But like, As soon as the Donovan deal came came out, I pivoted instantly like, but, but to this, Oklahoma City. Do you think Luka? You think Luka somehow gets it? it maybe, but that's maybe, not but like, for another two years, I'd yeah, say. So, I, mean, I pivoted instantly to SGA. That was they, that yes. was my move. They need to now focus on themselves. The Knicks have always had a thing where they'll focus on getting the next star. But I mean, uh, that's an interesting comment. Did they really hire Donovan Mitchell's dad? No, they hired they oh. hired Jalen Brunson. Jalen Brunson's dad. Oh, that's yeah. a good joke. Actually, okay. Yeah, that was interesting. Um, to up the yeah. So I, I um, it's very odd to me. This whole situation was so odd. It lasted. Is that no long. way at the? Because I mean, is a Dallas fan, so that no way might be at your. Luka Probably. Club. I mean, that's I the can't next see guy. Asking for a no, trade. no. Unless they really, you guys really, all of a sudden fall off yeah. this season. But I, I don't know who the next guy would be. I mean, I so we've been treating Jalen Brown like shit as a fan base, so maybe he's the guy that asked for a trade. You want to hear? You want to hear a hot take? You want to hear a hot take? I always now, this doesn't have take. to, like, this isn't just a Knicks take. This is just mm -hmm. an NBA take in general. I think one, potentially as early as the end of this season, I think Joel Embiid is going to want out of Philly at some point. I agree. I think I've been saying that for years. Like, what's their ceiling? Are they winning the finals this That's year? That's what Probably I'm saying. Not. It's just, it's at, like... They would really the kind of would he be a New York guy? I don't know if he'd be a New York. Guy. I don't. I don't know. I'm not saying anything about if... him in New York, but I think Joel. You know where Joel would fit like, well. If the landscape is like painting the way that like you know we see it yeah. for stars end up like when they end up asking out. I don't know. I could see Joel Embiid potentially being one see... of those guys after. I, all you of know these where I think he seasons. fits. He fits literally perfectly. Dallas, who I just said should trade really? their best player. Huh. I think Joel Embiid and Luka would be pretty good together. Well, they, how, I told y'all they wanted RJ and people were in denial. I just can't believe that they, like, I can't believe that Danny Ainge had Leon pinned the way that he did. The fact yeah, that we thought like, it was the other wanna, way around. Like, the, the fact that he literally was like, all right, you want to come out of the mud as a franchise, you're going to have to take the risk and give up everything, like you, run your yeah. whole pockets. And usually you know? that results in you getting more, but they just settled for less than what. Yeah, it was. It was How that would New York tax, your, man? I'm telling if, you, that's if what you're it came Donovan Mitchell. To. If you're Donovan Mitchell, you spent your entire summer in New York. Now you live in New York. You spent your entire summer coming to Mets games and Brooklyn Cyclone games. You're, yeah, you've been wearing I, orange uh, and blue. I, I'm sure that this he is was a at little the bittersweet. Fucking game, like throwing out the first pitch last week. Like, yeah, it's it's a little bittersweet for him. But to be honest, I think he's in a better situation for him. In terms of winning, I think that that team's going to be right now. Maybe well, yeah, right I don't now. know because with Cleveland, there's no questions. This is the team they're going to go for it with. They'll probably add another wing. I think if they had the money, I think Gordon Hayward would fit them well. But I don't think that that's going to happen. They need a defender. They need. Oh well, yeah, but the, those are so hard to find right now because once you have one, you don't want to trade one. But I mean, um, it's just like I don't. But yeah, for for. For with the Knicks, it would have been a bunch of questions. It would have been like, okay, what can you do next to get better? Like exactly with Cleveland, there's nothing they're really that really going to do. If you trade that whole package with five first rounders, three of them being unprotected, two of them being pick swaps, and then on top of that, RJ quickly one of Obi or Grimes, what move do you make next? That, that's if you why can't I was even, thinking. 
Yeah. You can't even afford role players. You can't afford, like, what are you signing, Mellow? Like, better minimum? Like, what the fuck? Like, where are we turning from there? I want Mellow on the Celtics. No, he's a legitimate power forward option. You know, backup power forward. Why not? I think if him and Grant Williams could platoon, which is a word that's been thrown around a lot. And also, I actually have, this is coming from Reddit, uh, NBA Reddit last night. Uh, Windhorse just said that when Mitchell found out he was traded to Cleveland and Mobley, Allen, Garland, and Kevin Love, I don't know how Kevin Love got himself in, in that mention as well, weren't in the deal. He went running and screaming around the golf course he was playing at. The dude is pumped yeah. up. So I want to bring up Kevin Love because that guy deserves a lot of credit. He dealt yeah. with, what is it, four years now I think he's been there? Or four yeah, years? Yeah, but then, bro, he was, he was getting a bag. He, he, he was getting credit. paid. He was getting like $30 million. I know. He was getting $30 million to barely play, but a lot and he of was guys hurt. who have had his stature, who have, have been, the, the name Kevin Love was really big a few years ago, would have wanted to go somewhere he could win a championship. I'm stunned he was never a Laker, right? I was like surprised LeBron didn't want him back. He dealt with so much losing. However, the bad part is his contract ends at the end of the year and they will not be bringing him back. So this will be his only opportunity to win another ring. And it'll be very interesting to see how Kevin Love uh, deals with it. He's not going to play much. I mean, he's not anywhere near the player he yeah. once was. But I give him so much credit for dealing with all the crap. The well, post-LeBron I mean, era, the reconstruction era, all that crap. That that team was really bad when LeBron left. Now they have the opportunity to be a pretty good team and, and yeah, good for I mean, Kevin they got Love. him. Ricky Rubio now is like veteran. And presence, they have a great. They have a great. That's coach. cool. I love. I love. The coach, so. That's cool. Um, the guard defense is going to be atrocious in Cleveland. I guess their hope is that Allen and Mobley could help out. Exactly. Oh, yeah. That's what I said. <laughs> that's the so, expectation. It, that's the that's the entire point. Because even if you know you put them in New York, I told that's what I said to Ed. Like, are you winning with the defensive backcourt? of garland and donovan mitchell like is drew holiday and chris middleton getting stopped well they match up no. well with philly so i'll give sure, them yeah, sure. match up well with philly. Harden comes to the playoffs and he gets yeah. stains in his pants and they can guard they can guard and beat other than that i mean they don't match up with the bucks celtics they're or, gonna get ran sure there's another by the team bucks. the, the, the bucks hawks are, like try young when it comes 50, to playoff experience and all of that type of thing like all those types of things on top of the fact that they can't defend at the guard position it's going to be rough for them come playoff time. I also, this is this is a bad day, like a bad weekend for Miami because they they're lost in space now. They've got nothing. KD's staying. I love um, that for them. Donovan, I, I, I do too. Look, I, I that team did not. Stand I, Miami. I didn't think that team deserved to be on the same court as the Celtics last year. Although we wound up going what it was seven games. I think it was. Yeah. Like, like. Uh, I'm very happy they're not going to be good, but those fan, that fan base deserves a lot better than having a grudge like that stop them from getting a, a yeah. pretty good player. And I want you to know that I actually caught criticism from Ed, from Ja, this morning because I had said, how can you not look at what the Celtics did with their core and still want to sell the whole Knicks' future? Yeah, there was a lot of opportunities to trade those two. There was yeah, a lot of opportunities, so especially Jason Tatum. So many. Marcus and Smart as it. well. And they didn't. Yeah. They kept that And they still have three. opportunities to trade Marcus Smart. They still won't do it. Exactly. Yeah, no. They kept no. that core. And what did it do for them? It got them to the NBA Finals. It did. And I said and... that. And what did they What did they say? Oh, that same team that went to the Eastern Conference Finals. Like, so can we give these kids time to develop? Can we? That's let, also you know, true. 
can we but let the, the, the kids the play? The difference is the Celtics, when they were, like, you remember that team, and I think it was 2018. That team was loaded with stars in a starting lineup, but then, like, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown were coming off the bench. Like, like those were the types of things that, that was happening on that team, and then they just said, hey, we're done picking up stars. We're going to let our kids play. We're going to see what happens. And they, look, look, Jason Tatum's an MVP they candidate. Grew. Yeah, yeah, they grew. You have to give them a shot. Honestly, what what could happen to the Knicks if you yeah, play exactly. all What's your veterans? What's the worst that can happen right now? You win 15 games if you play your kids. All right, you're probably going to win like 25. Like that's what's going to happen honestly, anyway. I'm expecting 30 hey, to 35 wins yourself, next season. I you might find yourself in the number one pick race if somebody gets hurt. Like that. That's a good thing right now. Like I don't that, like. I don't know if this is like biased, but I don't think they're going to be a tr- like a garbage team. That's the thing. No, I don't I think, think that's actually a atrocious. bad thing. <laughs> it I is. It is because they're not. Well, if, if you're, you're going to suck, the, you might as well suck worse than everybody else, right? Yeah. I mean, and Mitchell does perform well in the playoffs, but he could put up 30. But if he, their backward is giving up 80 a game, you know, that's tough. Yeah, that's just tough. Tibbs has to go before anything gets better. I agree. I don't like Tibbs at all. And he prioritizes the veterans. The fact that Taj Gibson was seeing, you know, the floor last year over Jericho Sims is inexcusable. The fact that Quentin Grimes, the fact that Cam Reddish aren't seeing the the floor was just disgusting. And I'm glad that he finally saw Grimes is actually a talented 3 and D NBA player in this first season and was giving him burn at the end of the season. But besides that, Tibbs... Tibbs doesn't play rookies. That's a fact. Giving New York 35 to 37 wins. That's I see a high. ceiling of 37. I think I, I, the, the floor, I think, is like 25. 32. I see a ceiling of like 32. Like, I mean, who you in, have to hold, like, like, I'm being dead serious. If one of your decent starters gets hurt, you could be in the race for like the number one pick. That's like, I mean, that's if one of Jalen or, or Jalen Brunson or RJ, gets RJ it. gets, if, uh, Hey, I, like RJ, but then again, not play, but like, like knock on wood, RJ played 82 games, two seasons oh, ago, for sure, which like, never kid, happens anymore. So good for no. him. So like he was the only player during that season to play 82 games. So like, and the fact Man. that like, I'm sitting here taking te- texts from Ed that RJ isn't him. Like, the guy just got all NBA, all, all like all star incentives on his contract, and the fact that people want to say they overpaid, he's making twenty three million dollars next year. Duncan Robinson is making eighteen base. Man, Duncan Robinson come on traded by now if it wasn't come on. Pat Riley catches no flack, but you want to sit here and tell me that the kid playing both sides of the ball at twenty two years old giving you twenty points per game is overpaid? Worse than that, he I just Kyle Lowry so. like what do you give Kyle Lowry almost twenty a year? Yeah, Kyle Lowry's getting a bag too to put up donuts. Oh yeah, put up getting donuts locked down, down by Marcus Smart. It's fucking disgusting out here. Yeah, and nobody ever talks about how it. Pat Riley built that team very mediocre, very mediocre. disgustingly relying on Max Struess as if he's fucking Reggie Miller out there. Let's yeah, that's not Let's talked about. Max, Max Struess was starting Game Seven of an Eastern Conference Final. Let's, Let's get serious. Da- yeah. It's not serious. It's not. Not serious in Miami. It's disgusting. And the fact that the Knicks are sitting here catching all this flack. Like, I, I could, th- like, there's no guarantees, of course, in, no. in basketball ever. But one thing that executives around the league do know is that RJ Barrett puts in the work. When it comes to work ethic, he is getting better season in, season out. That's just the facts. And there is no reason that I shouldn't go into this season confident that he's going to take another step forward into being. You know, and all like an all-star caliber player in the next coming seasons, mm-hmm. like it's ridiculous. Yeah, 
I, I look, I, I felt bad for you guys. I was leaving you. I was going to let you say whatever you wanted. Uh, I can't believe that I, when I saw that Cleveland acquired Donovan Mitchell, I was like, what the fuck is Cleveland doing? I was like, wow, this is interesting. So good for weird. Cleveland. Good for Donovan. He's put in a good situation. Keeps contract stays the same. That's always something that they say. For Knicks fans, it's it's uh, watch the kids. Hopefully this year, NBA yeah. league passes uh, a hundred dollars now. It was two hundred. So I I just use streaming sites. I can't lie to you. But I'll be honest. I want to, but the good thing about NBA league pass, I was able to get Red Zone packaged with it, so I just can't get rid of it. Like I'm too locked in on Red Zone now. So. I'm also a local fan, so I have MSG. That's but, true. I got to deal yeah. with. Watching Boston. Exactly. On, yeah, for and 42 Double games. R, are we not going to give all of that credit to Jimmy Butler? Yeah, that's on. That's all Jimmy. Let's, let's, let's be and real. You know what? I'll it give credit. It should have been even better than that. If Pat In Riley had assembled somewhat of a squad, they probably should would have won a championship. In the bubble? I don't really count that one. Because Tyler Hero was out here putting up 25 against one of the best defenders in the East. So I don't count that one. We also got Bubble TJ Warren. That shit was crazy. That also happened. You had Bubble TJ and the Lakers won the championship, which clearly shouldn't have happened. Either. Yeah. So the bubble doesn't count is basically what I'm saying. Yeah. Same thing with the Dodgers World Series. Yeah. I mean, you take Jimmy <laughs> Butler off to that Miami team yeah. in the past couple of years. They're probably a lottery team. They got chat. Lottery. They got chat yeah. right now. Yeah. So, like I said, though, if you're the Knicks, where do you go from here? I am pivoting. I am calling, you know, maybe even not right now. But eventually, calling Sam Presti, and I am letting him know I have interest in SGA. If the guy even slightly mentions as to wanting out, we are the first people you should be calling. Because, honestly, I get, like he should be tired of losing. Another season, you know, Chet's hurt now for this entire year, obviously. Another season of them tanking because they're going to want to get Victor. Let's get Sacramento on speed dial. Let's get Julius in a Kings uniform. Desperately, desperately, desperately. I'll give him Julius and two first rounders for De'Aaron Fox right now. Hell yeah. That's pretty. Eh, I don't know. I would probably don't know how that would fit. They want to run fucking. Together. Well, yeah. for Damonte I mean, Sabonis, maybe. I, I, would, I was going to say Jalen Brunson at Villanova played the two. That's true. So I, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind that. And then RJ at the three. For some reason, if they want to go with Sabonis that. and Randall. That's fucking disgusting. But I, 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 that's a Sacramento type of move. Yeah, really. I think Sabonis would have to be in that. You can get a, a deal with the league. Yeah. So this is the biggest I, scam I, I, in history. Have you heard about this? So they 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 made it hundred. It's I believe hundred fifty. If you buy league pass and two K and two K, if I'm not wrong, they just lowered the price to league pass down to a hundred. <laughs> Therefore, know, see it, you'd be then, paying more for both of them. You'd be paying yeah. hundred for two K and fifty for a league pass. If I don't want to play two K, I don't want to buy two K. Two K sucks. So I maybe I'll buy it in like the winter when i'm at home oh. but uh now i gotta pay another 50 bucks for 2k yeah and leave that's like it's so it's so dumb. kings I, might compete this year the fox ship might have sailed i don't know about that the kings are competing with the play-in maybe no they're not they're the not la competing. kings in the for the yeah I, my fate yeah. i have a la kings jersey do you interesting I'm what, what are the next <laughs> What do the Knicks need to be a contender? Um, they Wait need to a couple move years. On. That's what they need to do. They need to, yeah, they need to move on from Randall and give RJ now obviously the keys. Um, he did say they're competing for the play, and that's good. He did, yeah, he did say they're. Competing I was just for making the sure they weren't competing. Yeah, no, they, but yeah, that's the thing. Like the, the Kings are like 
it's tough for the Kings because they're the Knicks of the small market, right? Like they're stupid. Which is probably the worst thing you could do. You know, you're a small market team. You're stupid. You don't help yourself (laughs) and your small market. I don't remember who it was. Helps you either. I don't. I don't remember who it was, but somebody made a tweet that said the top, uh, the 2025 first round picks, and the the top ten was just Jazz, Thunder, Jazz, Thunder. Then they th- threw in the Kings too, because they're like, well, they're not getting better. Yeah, <laughs> and then yeah. they continue with the Jazz and Thunder. I was like, oh, that's a pretty good sneaky yeah. thing. Yeah, no, a so, lot of. Uh, that's probably the worst place you could be is being the uh, Knicks of the small market. You don't even have the money to to get yourself run into yeah. a few guys. No, yeah, it's it's rough. I so like, where do you go if you're the Knicks? We gotta give R.J. Barrett the keys, obviously, to the team. Oh yeah. You get Randall off the books, so even if that means getting rid of you know a, a pick or two. Mm-hmm. Evan Fournier probably has to go as well. He doesn't fit. Like, how is he a Tom Thibodeau guy? Guy as like any way possible? How he I'll plays no Fournier defense. Back. You could have Evan Fournier back. Just take half his salary, though. That's the thing. They're not getting rid of him unless they pay like half the salary a year. They're gonna they have to him add some far so, like, too much. You're gonna have to add a pick. You know, it's these types yes. of things that you, know how you upset would make the Donovan Mitchell trade. You can't do. Yeah, but it's it's gonna be a lot of movement, and it sucks because it's September. So I don't know how much they're actually gonna be able to do yet. Training camp start in three weeks. I like that's it's gonna be tough. I think. So if there's one thing that I want to take out of this as like, sure, we could be mad like at the Knicks. If you want to find an angle to be mad at them, the most concerning thing to me is the fact that they were willing to like there was an offer from the Knicks on the table that they had put RJ quickly. And like that concerns me. Are you like, I'm not doing that. Like, are you that non-competent? In terms of like your scouting to where you're red, like I think Tom Thibodeau has way too much control over the roster right now. And I think that that was almost like that had to have been him. No, like I was just yeah. disgusted. Nobody else would probably even offer RJ Barrett. I, 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 that's so odd to me. The, the whole like, why would you offer RJ Barrett? Why would the Jazz be so up in arms if they can't get R.J. Barrett that they're willing to take less when they know they're not trying to win anyway? So R.J. Barrett's only going to hurt you. Like, it's so weird. It was It was. I think they so got the perfect odd. deal. They got the perfect deal that keeps them the worst team in basketball. I think that's what they did. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if the Thunder are going to be. Yeah, the Thunder are going to be bad, too. I mean, it's... <sighs> yeah, and yeah. I think the thing about the Thunder, like... They're not afraid to blatantly tank either. Like oh, Danny no, Ainge still has years. to figure out how to blatantly tank a little bit. I mean, although like you know he's one of the most obviously doing a pretty good job. Savvy GMs yeah. we fucking come across, but it's doing a pretty good yeah. job so far. They're not a very the big thing with the Knicks is that there's no clear plan for the future. Every year it's we will get a big name free agent and then it doesn't fall through and you're stuck. That is true. That is somewhat but until, factual. Until R.J. Barrett came along, no. Is RJ not now like giving him three. that extension? Was, I think it takes a few players like that. It doesn't just take one. No, I do but still the, think clearly, they're waiting every offseason. The, the clear for... future, like they're still waiting in terms of yeah. a free agent, in terms of a star to either trade or sign. But in terms of a clear future, is at least one of those pillars not now? We just gave RJ Barrett this, you know, money. 
he's a not only offensive piece, but he's playing both sides of the ball, giving you a defensive foundation as well. I don't know. That's what I see it as. I, oh, I the worst see it thing as that we can have happen. One pillar of our future. Yeah. And they're seeing what they're like. I think they're going to see what they could get out of quickly and top and very soon. I, I wouldn't be surprised yeah, this if is they be get Randall off before Christmas season. and then Obi is our starting four. Yeah, I, that probably should be that. I think he should probably be the starting four anyway because they shouldn't be trying to win. They should be trying to see what they have. So I don't know. I don't think Thibodeau lasts after this year. I've been I, I think I he should be on the hot seat right now. I, I think he should well, have been on the hot call. seat. I think he, in mid, he was on the, the hot seat. Yeah. He was on the hot seat two years ago when I sat at that fucking game two of the Knicks-Hawks playoff game, and I still had to watch Alfred Payton start for the Knicks oh, point yeah. guard position. Oh, that yeah. was when Tibbs was on the hot seat to me. I, yeah. That was disgusting. I remember sitting there. We came back to our seats after halftime. They put up the fucking the graphic of the starting you know lineup for the second half, and Derrick Rose is up there. And we're like, this motherfucker Thibodeau. Like, you were so stubborn that you – like. He is the most stubborn, old-fashioned mm-hmm. coach left in the league right now. Yes. Doc Rivers is like that, too, though. He's up there. But I think Tibbs sucks a little more. You know, Tibbs sees yeah. less success. It's Well, <sighs> Tibbs also doesn't have one of those rings on his finger. Doc well, Rivers does. And, so. and now, like, whose fault is that? Is that Tibbs? It's, it's that 1,000. Derrick Rose's it's ACL? Like, I don't well, know. Well, that's also part of it. I think Derrick Rose's ACL kind of fucked him out of a championship, too. But Yeah. I know. NBA never sleeps, man. Never it sleeps. doesn't. It doesn't. I um, definitely didn't see September being September no. 2nd. No. And I'm just thinking, like, so now, where, like, where do we turn? Because, like, I'm really not excited for training camp anymore. You know, I'm excited no. to see RJ quickly, Obi, Grimes. Kids, maybe man. Maybe Cam Radish. Maybe kids man gotta watch yeah. the kids sometimes do we believe that rep- i mean do we believe cam reddish and him calling out the report from mark berman yesterday yeah i don't think he actually asked for it i don't why think so he- either why would you leave rj i don't i don't know i think he's happy with those young guys and i think he actually is gonna see a role because i mean but then again dude like who am i to sit here and say i think he'll see a role because they're gonna move on from randall when there's just no sign that they want to move on from, like how like I don't know. I really he's in he's in Cam Radish as an afterthought to Tom Thibodeau. He is. And that's the yeah. problem. That is the problem. Why is Julius Randle still the highlight or you know the the main focal point of this team when you have a Cam Radish on the bench? You have an Obi Topic. You have younger guys that can give production and not be a ball stopper. So I, I don't know. I really yeah. don't know. There's so many question marks now surrounding the front office and regime of the Knicks, but not in the way that anyone else is painting it as, oh, they should have traded for Donnie. It's more in the light of why did they even offer this much for Donnie? Yeah, that that's part of it. I, it, it sucks that they didn't get him, and it, it's going to be very interesting seeing, you know, his first game in New York is going to be very interesting. Um, yeah. lo- a lot of things are going to change. I don't think Danny Ainge will be tra- uh, traveling with the Jazz this year because I don't think he wants to go to Madison Square Garden. I think there's a few different things that are going to be very interesting to watch as part of this whole situation. And if I'm Donovan Mitchell, I'm happy. But obviously, if I'm in, if I would have been a Nick, it probably he probably would have been a lot happier. Just yeah, he probably yeah. I what think is, mentally uh, he would have been happier. I think understanding that he wouldn't have won probably year one. What is Randall's role now? He was supposed to take a back seat and be the third best star. And now he goes back to being two. Now nah, he's the number four on the Sacramento Kings. That's, that's where he should be. 
All right. Well, yeah, I guess this is a good picture to paint. Like, where is, does Julius Randle fit in this Knicks offense now? And truthfully, he doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't really. He, he doesn't. If he wants to find a way, I mean, he came out thinking he was Braun last season. What the hell was nice. that? You almost won an MVP. Bro, bro. I, like <laughs> I could, I could go pull up Julius Randle clips of him just stopping the entire offense, making just stupid pass. Like his role, and I don't know. He he doesn't seem to be accepting of it at all. But his role this season is going to have to be a a pick and roll guy, like a pick and roll type of guy. I'm some trying to guys. think of some players to compare him to. If he wants to sit and be Jay Crowder, sure. He shot 40% from three. You know, if he wants to catch and shoot, I love the Jay offense Crowder, is going to be going to be. Yeah, no, Jay Crowder is nice, but the offense is going to be go, going through RJ Barrett with Jalen Brunson having the ball in his hands. He's a true point guard. And honestly, I'm excited to see what Mitchell Robinson could do. This is the first time in his career. He's actually had a point guard who distributes the ball yeah. like to any extent. He's had Alfred Payton, Alec Burks, Dennis Smith Jr., Alonzo Trier. Let's get serious. Alonzo Trier. Like, let's get serious. Some guys aren't prepared to handle success. And I think Julius Randle's one of them. He had a great season. Really good season. I think he was in the MVP voting, right? All-NBA or whatever. Yeah, he was. And and it went to his head. It went to his head. That happens. He got the big contract. Went to his head. He was never. Julius I mean, even Randall, that his contract is massive. Like no, everyone it's wants not to like point out that the Knicks but... are paying three hundred million for R.J. Brunson, Randall, and you look and their deals. But like, besides Brunson, probably a little slightly overpaid. Yeah. Randall and R.J. are both team friendly deals. Like yeah. I don't know what the, the like. That's just LOL Knicks from anybody that doesn't know <laughs> ball. Knicks. I've heard a lot of that. Little Mets. That's all. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you'll get That's there over. one day. You guys are gonna get one there day. one day. Maybe, dude. Maybe. I think I get there. I mean, geez, it's just, it's hard. Like, I, at first, when the news first breaks, it's like it's hard to see light at the end of the tunnel for the Knicks. But then, like yeah. at the end of the day, I still am excited to watch RJ Barrett play basketball, nonetheless. That's yeah. you know, it is what you should it is. Be. It's, it's tough day. I I understand it's tough that like. I've had that. I can't think of an instance before in which a player was felt like a guarantee to my team and went somewhere else. I'm sure that's been ha- it's happened before, but I can't remember, and I'm not going to think about it right now. But yeah, I, that's probably a very tough situation. Uh, I we we talk 46 minutes of Nick stuff, so that's they're still staying. Yeah, in the I want to I want to throw up. You know, <laughs> I want to throw up. But we could head over uh, if you want to talk some MLB because. I got some bets for tonight. We may as give well me, sling uh, Give out. me a few MLB bets, and then I'll wrap us up with some college football. How about that? Oh, wow. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, so I am coming at you tonight. We got the Miami Marlins going up against the Braves, and there's actually two things I like, and they slightly contradict each other, but oh, they're making us money regardless. Right? Oh, yeah. So I think that... Sandy Alcantara, obviously one of the best pitchers in baseball. His strikeout line tonight sits at five and a half. So I'm going to be taking that for minus 160. The Braves, against good pitching, strike out. They do. Uh, Against the Mets, we saw it. Again, when they go up against guys like DeGrom, Scherzer. And I'm going to be honest. I think Sandy Alcantara has that same level of talent right now. At least this season. So he's, he's in that top, you know, percentile of MLB pitchers. So I'm taking him over five and a half strikeouts for minus 160. 
but I am going to be taking the Atlanta Braves to win the game. They come in at minus 180 on the solo money line, but if you want to parlay the two together, you could get them for plus 165. Like I said, I don't have any MLB picks, but I kind of hate that one just because I really don't want the Braves to win. But I could, I do agree with you. I think he gets a lot of strikeouts and they still lose. They're the Marlins. Yeah. They yep, they're, they're, they're the Marlins. Yeah. All right. You want, me, you want me to keep slinging these bad boys? Keep going. I, just, I don't I have any. So keep going. All right. All right. So going down tonight, uh, I am going to be taking, let's see what we got here. I'm going to be riding with the Seattle Mariners going up against the Cleveland Guardians. And Luis Castillo on the mound going up against the ace for the Guardians. Sure, I guess if you want to say Plesak is, uh, you know, their their ace. But they're not a serious franchise, in my opinion. I, I just don't take them as seriously as the Mariners. Uh, is this what we're doing? Luis Are Castillo we doing a on war on Cleveland now? Is that what's going to happen? <laughs> That's what it just like. it's gonna be a war on Cleveland. Should I pull up the Joakim Noah clip of you know yeah. you you want to go to Cleveland vacation? Have you ever Cleveland? heard anybody say they're going to like Cleveland on vacation? Yeah, we got the most sports YouTube in the chat. What it do, baby? But yeah, Mariners money line tonight with Luis Castillo on the mound, minus one forty two. Big fan of that because overall their offense much much better than anything Cleveland has to offer and. Overall, Luis Castillo is the better pitcher. I could see him going seven innings tonight with, uh, you know, maybe one two-run ball game. Yeah, then I, I agree. You like that one? Yeah. I, uh, I, I'm going to be going. This is uh, a little more local tonight. Going with my New York Yankees. Straight up money line. Domingo Herman on the mound tonight. The past two starts from Herman have been incredibly nice. impressive. Incredibly impressive. Thanks for he that. is a warm-weather pitcher, and... It's the end of, well, not anymore, not end of August, but it's the beginning of September, and this is usually when he thrives. So, a, it's in a dome, too, so he'll be good. It, it is. It's not, It's it's nice and warm down in there in Tampa. It's like a little oven in the uh, the Tropicana field. <laughs> it looks like an oven, too. It does. It's an awful-looking, uh, awful from the location. outside, at least. On the inside, it actually looks pretty yeah. pretty cool. I've heard it's a, it's a nice stadium. But rolling with the Yanks tonight and Herman on the mound. I've just – I've. I'm con- convinced with uh, what I've seen from Herman as of late that he's gearing up for this postseason. I That's think a- he he's getting right. Are you a little nervous for that series? I should what? be. Is tonight against the uh, the that series? If you guys get swept, it's only a three game lead. Bro, can I be honest? I don't think like Jeffrey Springs doesn't intimidate me that much. I don't know, but like you you're you say you're. Definitely, you feel good about Herman. I think it's a ticking time bomb that could go off at any moment. That's the really? type of thing that it is. That's that's what like guys like that have that situation. He looked really bad when he started. Looked really good. I mean, we looked terrible against them, and now you know it's a good lineup in Tampa Bay. I'm, so I'm just convinced big being that his last two starts, and I mean he gave us a start, a winning start against Tampa even before the, his past two starts. I'm convinced from those two that he's, you know, found a rhythm now. Coming off of the IL, or I mean, IL, he's been kind of preparing for, you know, to to get in his groove. And I think now he's he's found that because we always knew it was about it was Domingo Herman kind of having good stuff. That was never a question. You know, the guy when his he's on, he has nasty breaking stuff, and that's what he re- relies on. When he's missing his spots and he doesn't have that type of location is when he gets shelled. And when he first came back from his IL stint, that's what happened. But being that he gave us a dub against uh, Tampa Bay previously, and then his past two starts, which were both 
really convincing, you know, six innings against the Mets and seven innings against Oakland. I, uh, I'm rolling with the Yankees tonight at plus money. I'm going to be throwing half a unit on that. We don't got to get too crazy with it, but for plus money, I really like that at, uh, at half a unit. I, I like that. I like that. I just, I, I think it's, it's a little weary because, uh, it's a big series. Yes. Go down. It is. It's, it is a big lead. You know, That's with the MVP tough. playing the way the MVP has been playing. Yeah. Shohei is going off right now. Yeah. He is. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, mean, I mean, I do have a bet on that game and it's actually oh, putting, putting those guys in the dirt. I'm going to be rocking with Who the Astros tonight. <laughs> the Astros minus one and a half at plus 114. Um, Lance McCullers on the mound, who is their ace. You know, he's, yeah. he's the best pitcher in that yeah, rotation. Totally, yeah, totally. 100%. Um, yeah. And then you look on the other side of the ball and they got Ryan Detmers throwing. Got through no hitter. Okay, sure. He's bitter bad though. Not great. He's, he's off. Like we've seen bad guys. Like Jameson Tyone had a couple games where he was, you know, he had a no hitter through like six earlier in the season. Guy stinks. He stinks. He's poopy butt. Real so, quick side note: every Degrom starts a no hitter. I don't know if you've watched them. He goes into the fifth <laughs> inning not giving up a hit every time. It gets me actually like in the fifth I mean, inning. I'm nervous. Dude, you that know that point. bet that I drop every time DeGrom starts. I know Mets because it's score just perfect. Win, and it cashed the other night at plus money. The other day they said, he's always giving up no hits through four. I'm like, don't say it. You're jinxing. Yeah. Yep. But hey, it, you know, it is what it is. One the day. guys one talk day. about dominance. That's, you know, that's the name yeah. of the game. So, yeah, Astros minus one and a half today at plus 114. Their offense speaks for itself. Alex Bregman is having a fantastic year, kind of flying under the radar, you know, in terms of his offensive production. And being that Shohei and Aaron Judge are having such good seasons, Bregman could easily, you know, in, in years past, had an MVP caliber season. You know, if you take these statistics, throw him in one of those years. So don't want him to get overlooked because he is going crazy. Yeah, I got one more for you. I am riding with Alec Manoa tonight over six and a half strikeouts going up against the Pittsburgh Pirates. He is a better pitcher as time goes on throughout the season. And he's hit this line easily in his last three starts. Eight strikeouts his last game, seven in the two before that. So the line sitting at six and a half for plus money against a team like the Pirates. I mean, I'm all over that. So yeah, that's plus be an easy one twenty six. I really, I really like Manoa, and I think it gives yeah. him about six, seven innings of work tonight. Yeah. So yeah, that should be an easy one. Great guy. Pittsburgh's got a tough schedule coming up. They play us they like do. nine those, times, and they play those Toronto. Poor fellas. Yeah, I, it's all their local games, and everybody around them is good. So you know, oh, it's, yeah. it's tough. It's tough. It's really tough. It's tough to be bad. It is. It, it must be. It must be difficult. It couldn't be me in terms of couldn't MLB. be me in terms of MLB at least. Yeah, you stay off that on the NBA. <laughs> and the NFL, unfortunately. Yeah. But, but, all right. I see you're wearing the Georgia. Oh, yes. You're over there. It's so, game week. It, it is game week. I'm sure you are just, you know, I, I'm I'm sure you're excited. But at the same time, you're probably pissed that all this Donovan news is taken away from some of this shine <laughs> on college football. Because I don't <laughs> want us to overlook the fact that this is a massive weekend. And this is opening weekend. Some good, in, some good games out here. In the NCAA. Interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna start us off. I'm gonna start it off with Utah at Florida. Nice and easy one. Florida's not gonna be good this year. They just have a new head coach. They're gonna be rebuilding everything. It's it's a home game, but I don't know if really it's something coming in against Utah, number seven team in the country. The line is minus three. Drill that. They're gonna yeah. I think they beat them by two touchdowns. This Utah team's gonna be really good. They're a fast team. So that's that's my first one. Yep. 
I got I like five, but I'm going to be you quick. Got five. Oh, I got maybe. five. I'm going to be real quick with them. This Just one's probably up. my favorite game because everybody's kind of looking at it as, hey, these are going to be close. It's going to be a close game. It's number two, Ohio State hosting number five, Notre Dame. And I see the Irish, uh, nice little uh, four leaf clovers there, whatever they're called. Yeah, they're going to get their asses kicked this week. <laughs> yeah, this is, yeah. Ohio State is going to be a really good team this year. I think Notre Dame is a bit overrated. Number five is probably a little high for them to start, and uh, they're going to have to prove it. I've got a minus 17 on Ohio State. Wow. It just feels like one of those games Ohio State gets off to a fast start and doesn't look back. So that's minus uh, minus 17 on that. Um, the next one I'll run through just because it's like a nothing game. The number 25 team. <laughs> I mean, doesn't like the sound of that. It doesn't he seem like a, he does. He's a big Irish guy. so I can see that, yeah. Um, the next one is BYU, number 25, hosting South Florida. I think this should be a two-touchdown win as well. The, it says minus 12, so I'm taking that. You'd take that easily. That's an easy one. I don't know how it's minus 12. It's in South Florida, so maybe that's why, but BYU is number 25. Good team. Uh, NC State at East Carolina. E- NC State, number 13 in the country. They have it at 11.5. This should be a three-touchdown win for them. They're going to be a national championship contender. Honestly, this it, NC State team is pretty good. Probably their best team. Maybe ever so. Yeah, yeah. This is gonna be that, and I'm gonna wrap SBJ it up with uh, days. Would you say? Yeah. Oh yeah. This is, this is that I mean, even team. better than like when he was there because they have yeah. surrounding cast now. Oh yeah, that was a good team. Hell oh, yeah. yeah. And uh, I'm gonna finish it off with the Georgia Bulldogs. Um, Hell yeah. Coming off a national championship, this game's this uh this season's a interesting one because it, the team is not as good as last year, but they are still the best. The second best team in the nation. You bring it back, Steady B. Can't be overlooked. Steady B is here. He's here and he's ready to go. And uh, I'm just looking for the game. I didn't have it. Oh, there we go. So, uh, got Oregon and Georgia. I mean, that's two major uh, programs going up against each other in Atlanta. So, it's like, it's kind of a home game for Georgia. Um, I saw the uniforms. Oregon's going to look amazing, but they're going to look amazing while they get their asses kicked. Uh, oh, minus 17 is the number that went up. It was actually 14 and 15 a lot of the time. I have this game at like a, a 37 10 type thing, like a, a big blowout like that. I think for a long time I had it at like 31 14, which would be the line. These could be a little bit more. Georgia's just healthier coming out of camp. I mean, I know uh, Oregon's gone through a lot this offseason. They lost one of their, their best receivers. He unfortunately passed away. Yeah, and, that's um, rough. Uh, the coach for Oregon, it was the defensive coordinator for Georgia last year. So uh, we know everything he's going to try to do. So yeah. uh, we're ready yeah. to go. So, yeah, that's my college football. It's five games. Uh, it's going to be a good weekend. I think good, a lot of good games. Obviously, Notre Dame and Ohio State starting against each other is massive. I've never that seen is. that before. So that is yeah. huge. That is really exciting. And, you know, I hope for your sake, I'm excited. It's going to be a good college football season. I do have one more um, that I, I was interested in. I wanted to hear your thoughts on, and that is Michigan State uh, minus right. 20 and a half. What do you think of that spread, Hammer? I, I would take that because Western Michigan's not a good team. They've That's gone what I'm saying. A lot, like a lot they're... of transfer portal stuff, yeah. It's... Michigan State's a really well-coached team, too. That's a team they could probably win that game by 30, honestly. I, I, they're minus 2,500, and I feel like that spread, we've seen a lot of like a lot of these spreads just get blown out of the water, as well as the That overs. happens. Early you know? in the season, especially, you're going to see a lot of 20s. and even I saw a 41 yesterday, and I stayed away from that. I don't know yeah. what the final score was, but it was a 41. I think I caught, like, yeah, I'm good. Oh, I caught one of the bets that, that Wise had dropped in the, in the most sports premium, and um, it was, let's see what we got. It was um, 
Oklahoma State and Central Michigan over 58. Yeah, that was Once they the scored game started, 58. The line moved to 54, and I, I just hopped in and took yeah. them over. And, and Ohio, Oklahoma it, State themselves scored like, 58. They, yeah. I think by the fourth quarter, the, like five minutes left in the game, the line was like 90.5. Yeah, they combined, like for 100, 102. Yeah, yeah. they combined for 102. Yeah, wow, that's just I, it's it's incredible. My friend goes to Oklahoma State. He had uh, Oklahoma State minus 23 and a half, and they uh, they blew that. They had that easy, so that's unfortunate. But yeah, uh, 20 point spreads. I'm not. I don't mind 20 point spreads. 21. That's three touchdowns. A lot of teams beat teams by three touchdowns. Even 23 doesn't get like you could early beat in the season too. I feel like we're gonna see Against a lot of these those, big dogs yeah, those run teams, over the smaller schools. Yeah. So that's when w- later in the season you won't see many 20 point spreads. You'll see like 14. I mean. Last year, Georgia was getting favored against everybody by 30. That won't happen this year. They're just not going to be as dominant. Alabama will always get favored by a lot, but really, you'll see them go down as the weeks go on. But yeah, yep. this week, I like that Michigan State one. That Michigan State team is pretty good. I don't know if they're a national championship team, but... Hey, we'll take them to win us some money, good, though. Oh, yeah. The Western Michigan's a terrible team. Too, Hell, so. yeah. Hell, yeah. Well, I don't. I think that's going to wrap it today. Unless you got any NFL things you want to talk about. No, I'm I'm pretty excited that uh, next week at this time we'll be talking NFL. Oh, actually, you know what? I, I may as well ask you while I'm here just because, you know, we like to dabble and I want to hear your opinion on this. I had made a trade last night in one of my fantasy leagues. Oh, no. And um, it, I, I think that in particular, I had won the deal. Uh, I, I believe so. I had traded away. Um, I know these guys are young, up and coming, and I am actually very high on both of them. Interesting. I traded away. Brees Hall. Okay. Elijah Mitchell. Oh. And Brees Hall, Elijah Mitchell, and Amon Ross St. Brown. In return, I got Debo Samuel, Alan Lazard, and Rashad Bateman. (sighs) I like it. I don't mind. Double R is already with the trades. I had work the day that this team drafted and I auto picked my first six starters and I only ended up picking my bench. So basically what that was, was I used three bench pieces of mine and got myself a starter and immediately put Debo into my lineup of now I have Lamar Jackson at quarterback. My running backs are Najee, Javante Williams and James Conner. And then I have Jamar Chase, Debo Samuel, one-two punch at wide receiver with Deontay Johnson and Rashad Bateman on my bench. So the only problem is I don't know if I would have sold on Amra. He was bad. I mean, he was really good last year with a with Jared Goff struggling. Jared Goff looked really good in camp. They said Amon Ra is probably gonna have an insane season. But I think for Debo, I think Debo Sam- Samuel's production is gonna go down a little bit just because their quarterback situations. I think I it goes down a little so, bit, yeah. but I still think he's uh, it's Debo. Samuel but he can run play. too, so I, I don't mind it. Honestly, you get a starter, you get a guaranteed starter, so I think that's good. It's all bench players anyway, so yeah. Like in my in my that. starting lineup, was I going to start Amon Ra over? Because in that scenario, if I had Amon Ra on my team, Deontay Johnson was my wide receiver too. So did you get any running backs back? No, you got all receivers, right? You got three receivers. Three receivers. My running backs are Najee, Javante, James Conner. And then on my bench, I have Corderell, Michael Carter, Cordell. Pa- oh, yeah. Cordell Patterson, so, I'm high on. You like Corderell this year? Dude, yes. He's, that I, team's going to be terrible, so yes. I still think he has more like a, a, another good season. I don't know if he ever he had a great year last year. Same type of production. Yeah, I don't know if he matches that, but 
I mean, in a 10-man league, you know, 10 is too much. But that team's now, gonna be bad. with the wide receiver core of Jamar Chase and Debo, yeah. I feel like really confident. No, yeah, that's those a, two guys. I, at first, when I heard the trade, I was like, eh, Amra. I kind of got tied up on Amra. Although I do like Elijah Mitchell too. I, I think, think it's Brees worth Hall, it for. Yeah. I think Brees Hall finishes the season as a top yeah. fifteen to ten running back. But once I saw I had the opportunity to get a guy like Debo and like immediately insert him in my starting lineup, yeah. I felt like I couldn't not. I'm in on trading three bench players for a starter i've been trying to do that for years nobody ever wants to do it nobody so. ever wants to do it <laughs> yeah. nobody ever wants people to are do smart it. i guess yeah <laughs> yeah that's really uh all i got to say about that i just wanted to highlight a little uh a little bit of that but yeah i think that's gonna wrap us for today this was yeah. uh was good a good episode a nice Long little episode. hour good yeah, episode. nice little hour getting in there um oh yeah yeah this has been Moneyline madness and, and episode 60 one... nice Nice. 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 Well, thank you, everybody. Thank you, Double R. NFL next week. I mean, yeah. NFL Um, coming up very quick. We're going to be, you know, we should just uh, start dedicating just a nice whole ass episode to the the NFL next week. And, well, we, I think we're going to so, say Friday. Yeah, Friday, we will maybe. definitely Friday, maybe in the afternoon. It up. So this has been Moneyline Madness episode 69. Nice. Nice. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. <laughs> we will catch you on Monday morning. Peace. Let's go Mets.